You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM. So welcome to the second hour of uh, the Talking Point here on SAFM 104 to 107 Nationwide where we're leading the conversation. Please remember at any time whenever we're talking, you're welcome to join in the conversation on our studio line 86 that's 86 or send us an SMS on the line 41391 that's 41391 that SMS though would come to you at around 50. We're also available on WhatsApp on 0614 sorry I have to say that again 0614104107 we are on X we are at SFM radio so earlier this week the South African Human Rights Commission released a new report responding to an inquiry in relation to the Guazul Natal water crisis over the past year the chapter 9 institution has investigated this inquiry after receiving receiving over 600 complaints from residents. Some of the main themes that emanated from these complaints range from access to water, lack of alternative measures such as provisioning of water tankers, poor water quality, to polluted water in some instances. This morning, we're speaking about some of the recommendations that have been made and the launch of the South Africa Water Justice Tracker Project. We're joined by Chris Nissen, Commissioner at the South African Human Rights Commission, and maybe we start by just giving a small background for the purposes of understanding uh, for what the, you know, the Chapter 9 institution, the South African Human Rights Commission does, Chris, because seemingly there's a lot of people who still don't know what to do or how to even access the work that you do. Good morning. Hi, good morning to you, KG, and I'm glad it's not KGB, but good morning to Melang Tana. Um to the, 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 the listeners and everybody that watch online doing the good work of SAFM and indeed your thought-provoking um, um, uh, topics that you have. Let me start by saying the Southern Human Rights Commission has got a threefold uh, function per the Constitution and per the Act of the Human Rights Commission. The first one is to promote, to, to, to protect human rights in the, of all people in the Republic of South Africa. Two is to promote those human rights in the Republic of South Africa. And three, to, prom- to monitor those rights. And those rights range from political rights, such as voting, you know, citizenship, all of those to... Um, socioeconomic rights, which is very important, and this, this uh, inquiry resolved one of the issues around socioeconomic rights. Uh, we've received, in terms of the number of nine provinces over the years, a number of complaints that range from racism, inequality, labor issues, interpersonal issues, right down to issues of socioeconomic, which involve health, education, water, sanitation, electricity, housing, etc. So that's what the commission has been. And unfortunately, we only have one office in the nine, each nine, so we don't have satellite offices. We wish we could have that, but our, 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 our people in South Africa, quite, you can write to us, you can email us, you can on the website, but you can do everything. But the most important thing, is that in 
appreciative of the fact that you do have rights. The people, our people, our people are not taking that route at times. But out of frustration, they take that right to the street through protests and, and of course, the results of a protest sometimes turns violent. The right to protest is there. But I think what's important that you must see a Chapter 9 institution as the conscience of society, but at the same time, the, 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 the human rights defender of all those rights that are being violated. In this case, the Commission took up to do an inquiry about the rights of people not having access to water and proper sanitation within the KZN province. But... So, so maybe let me Go get in and, 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 and let's talk about, uh, you know, the, you know, the connection between human rights and waters before we break down, uh, the, you know, the finding of this, uh, Guazulu Natal water inquiry. Uh, tell me about uh, the connection of human rights and water. First of all, you know, of course, everybody would argue water comes from from in, in, in many respects come from God, comes from the sky, it's free. But water is free, but not really free. Because water has to be captured into dams and conserved and areas where it can be captured. It must then be taken to a a, um, a plant where it can be treated to take out all the other toxic whatever is in there and then distributed to the community. So which means that there's a cost involved, first of all, capturing the water and the other was the dams. Secondly, you know, treatment plants. Thirdly, the reservoirs. And fourthly, to take it through a reticulation to the people in the community through taps, etc., etc. However, we come from a very, very bad situation in the past where rural areas have been neglected, where even townships have been neglected. And we are living in a society where there is a, a huge gap between the poor and the rich. And the majority on the poor side, unemployment, inequality, and poverty. And so our people cannot really afford all of that. So that's why the government through COCTA introduced an indigenous policy to say that community, com- family members, families that cannot afford to pay water, that they need to be then get a discount or, or, or that they can get certain amount of water free. So that is what needs to happen. However, what we're sitting with is that in that process, there's been a neglect of making sure that A, there's a provision of water for our people in whatever area they live. And two, that those who can't afford that the indigenous policy be applied to them. So that is the process of water. But water is a right, a human right. And you know, I've listened to somebody in Umkababa when I was there the last time when they had the problem with the waters. And the person said to me, you know, Electricity, we will always fight for. Electricity, we can go and find wood, we can go and find, buy coal or wood and so on. But water is essential. Because without water, we have got no life. 
We've, without water, so we have got true. no life. Uh, so We've let's. Got no life. So let's talk then uh, uh, about this. And, and, and later on, I'll talk uh, to the fact that your office also gets a degree of criticism from those that uh, don't get a joy from uh, the complaints that they send to you. But I want to focus <clears throat> our, our conversation today on these 600 complaints um, and, and how you held an inquiry from uh, Monday, the 15th of August, uh, 2022. To, to the 19th of August, 2022, 600 complaints is enormous. Tell me about what these complaints looked like and one, why you as uh, the Human Rights Commission, I'm sorry, two, why you as the Human Rights Commission waited until you even got to the number 600 complaints to uh, investigate? Let, let me start off by the 600. It's actually more because there are some people who don't even have access to complaints. So what we, what we saw at 600 was actually just the tip of the iceberg. Mm. But our, our commission and our provincial manager in the Kaskwas Natal, Ms. Padiachi and her team were on the ground every day going to speaking to the municipalities, raising the issues with them, saying we received so many from Ugu or from wherever. These are the issues. And even say Richards Bay or right in the Zululand municipality, we received complaints against them. And the municipality just gave answers, which was unacceptable. That's why. It's not because the case and office did nothing. They were faced with a situation where there were no answers or lack of answers, not even wanting to, re- to respond to the, the complaint. That's why the case and office of the Human Rights Commission decided the best way to do this is to use the... Um, the mechanisms within the Human Rights Commission, which inter alia was one, a hearing or inquiry. And they decided an inquiry to bring all of those complaints together and those that followed. And then what we did, we created the space for these municipalities, the district's municipalities in particular, who are the water authorities. We brought them to appear before the commission to account for a a failure to respond to the request from the KZN office to respond to the complaints laid at the KZN office. And that's why we brought them together. I'll give you one example. One of the municipal managers who was summoned to appear before us, decided not to come. He sent a, 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 a director to come. And the chairperson, Commissioner Tuli, said, no. We ended at four. We said, no, we'll wait until he comes. He drove three or four hours to come to us, but we insisted he comes because, you see, he wanted to have that accountability. And this is the problem with municipal authorities. 
that don't want to listen to the Human Rights Commission and we put our foot down and we said, enough is enough, come to this inquiry, we put this together, and our recommendations are not just recommendations, it's directives for the Constitutional Court. Okay. Can I beg for your indulgence, please, uh, Mr. Nissen, because I have to go to a commercial break. But I I, I think. Don't call me. No, don't call me Mr. Chris. Okay, okay, Chris. No problem. Uh, let me go to a quick commercial break and then come back and hear uh, the kinds of recommendations that you make to the Concord uh, regarding the water crisis in Guazulu Natal as we continue our conversation with uh, the SAHRC uh, revealing the water challenges facing municipalities in Guazulu Natal. It's 10:21. Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. Welcome back. 1023, just in case you just joined us, we are in conversation with Chris Nissen, a commissioner at the South African Human Rights Commission. And at the heart of our conversation are these 600 complaints that came from residents in Wazul Natal. Um, I will also have you know that uh, we did try to get in touch with uh, the Department of Water and Sanitation to have them also come on board and respond to this report. And they have told us that they are still studying it. So let's talk, uh, uh, Chris, about what happens uh, to the findings of of your report, but what happens specifically to the findings of this report? Let let me just say that, you know, one can study a report. One can have this. But the the Department of Water and Sanitation attended our hearing. They listened to our, our expressing the complaints of these people and communities that came to us, heartbreaking stories. And we've told them that. And I think any responsible government department will say, no, I'm not studying the report. Why must you study complaints? Because you hear the cries of the people. So you then say, yes, We'll come and we'll talk about the cries of the people. It's not that, you know, the report was given to them yesterday. So I, I feel that government officials should be held accountable because it's no use to say we study the report. These are not your complaints. They are, every department of government is involved in the lives of the people. They're not living in a cocoon. They live amongst people. So I'm sad that they can't be coming and say, yes, this is, we've seen the report, we've heard the cries of the people even before the report, and this is what we want to do. So the report has got a number of recommendations to different departments, municipalities, including all the municipalities, particularly those district municipalities that are dealing with, as a water authority, and of course to the water boards, but also to the Department of Water and Sanitation and to COCTA in particular. The complaints now, the recommendations have gone to them. We're asking them to implement all of these recommendations, which got a quite a long 16 of them, to be implemented. It ranges from access to water, getting water, water committees, 
getting a program called Kaulesa, which means make quick. Be quick. Come on, hurry up. Mm. Because people cannot wait for 12 months for these recommendations to be implemented. It's a water tracker. It's a, it's a, it's a very beautiful program. It, we need it in the country that pulls together academics, communities, and government officials. And then also, there are universities that are working on this water watch and all of those and, and water programs which are having expertise available to municipalities if and when they call them to, to work with them on how do we do a realization of access to water to fulfill a right of the ordinary people. Okay. We have a caller uh, in Guazul, in Kailicha, sorry, who wants to comment on this uh, Guazul Natal water report. Tulane, good morning. Did you read the report? Uh, you know, the, the, the department is still studying it. Did you read it? Yes, I have the report, but I want to make an emphasis on Tulane, please move. Please move around. Your line is not clear. Uh, move yes, around. Let's try and, and find a spot where it's clear. So uh, Chris can hear you well. Um, yes, you, you, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Stay there. Yes. What I'm saying. No, no, we can't. We can't hear you. So maybe you try with the producers to find a spot so that we can hear what you say, and then we 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 take your call. The the issue though of uh, poor or no access to water remains a current day to day challenge, uh, Chris. Uh, and you make recommendations, and these recommendations get taken to who? I'm trying to assess what happens after this this report gets released. Well, can I just before I say that, can I just say something? Because it's not a case at end problem only. You know, at Bizana, I went to Cholobeni, I've been working with the people of Cholobeni in the last few years. There's a dam there, full of water. Full of water. But as you go toward Cholobeni, the dam is on the other side, and then you find that people are taking water from the river together with the animals, just as a fire in You see? Oh, and yeah. No, definitely. Water. I mean, the, the challenge of water is everywhere. I mean, there's a community here in, in, in Eguruleni uh, called Kwatema or Tsakane or Tutuza. Those people haven't had water for like six weeks. As I'm going through um, this, this, this report, I hear seven days, uh, you know, inconsistent water supply, water disconnection. But it's it's the story of many communities. We had a caller. We had a So maybe then apply your mind to a response you'll give me after break where you tell me, so what happens? So people come yes, to you and, and then they, they lay a complaint and then you investigate in the way that you did this particular one. And then what happens? Because I think that's what everybody is eager to get to. But for now, it's 10.30 and Musa is standing by with the news headline. Let's have the conversation. WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. SAFM 104-107. Nationwide. 
So welcome back. Uh, if you don't, uh, if you've just, sorry, if you've just joined us and, and you don't know what we're talking about, the challenges of water, we're zoning in on Guazulu Natal because the South African Human Rights Commission released a report respond, responding to an inquiry in relation to the Guazulu Natal water crisis. But I bet you many communities find resonance with the things that are being said here about these 600 complaints that came through from Guazulu Natal. So perhaps, uh, Chris, let's take some calls, hear what they have to say, and then you respond to everybody and still answer that question uh, that I asked earlier about what happens after the report gets uh, released. Wonga, komatatiele. Hi, Wonga. Hi, viewers. It's a problem. I'm living in Matatiele, staying here full time. We've got Alfred in the district municipality. In my village where I come from, the uh, project started at 85 million. Until today, since 2012, we don't have water. Mm. They come in written pieces. That project, when it was called is finished, it was on 306 million. You go to Ward 7 also, which is Mzongwana area in Matajela, there's no water. You go to Mount Frey, Ward 23, Kuizana area, as well as Kago. There's no water. These projects, they only escalate in terms of money, but the actual project doesn't move. If you've got a chance, KG, sorry, sorry, out KG, I can even send you a certain email of municipal public accounts community for Alfred. You will check the irregular expenditure versus the money that they get from treasure versus the problem that they need to resolve, but nothing is being resolved because from evaluation from adjudication everything is a mess that means the leadership as a whole is a problem we will we, we will have what it, the guazulu natal people have done in terms of 600 uh complaints the actual problem is with the leadership that will always try to save the money to a point whereby the actual project doesn't come up to that 100% of delivering water to people, but it's only completed on paper, but on actual delivering water is not there. So if you don't mind, please, if you can just send me your email address, I'll send you something. It's a disaster, you'll see it. It's a problem. So Human Rights Commission, as much as they can do anything, the biggest problem, the leadership of that particular municipality or of the province they don't care about our people. Now they will behave a little bit better because we are going towards election for 2024. But trust me, they will never do a thing. I've never seen in a borehole that will cost about 200000 but a private company will drill a borehole for 58000 and that borehole will sustain you for life. That is the problem with the district municipality or where we get water. Or maybe even, if I can say, with the leadership of the ANC in this country as a whole. Thanks, Wonga. Patrick in uh, Carolina, water access in Pumalanga. Hi, uh, Patrick. Hi, my sister. Gunjan. Nyapila Gunjan, Patrick. Hi, I'm good, my sister. Uh, you see, this thing of water, it's not just N or anywhere else. It's here in South Africa, the whole of South Africa. Yeah, well, where I come from, I come from Ngoma's um, municipality in Pumalanga. I never had a running water inside our yard ever since I was born. 
I'm 40 something years now. Yeah. You know, so we had water running on the street during the apartheid time, whereby you, you can get water on the tap for the whole community every day. But ever since our government, of our black government took over, it's a battle. It only comes out once a week. And there's a place called Amachekeza in Nancy. Those people from Ngomas know, know that place. It, the water only comes once a week. And sometimes not everywhere. You, it depends where the pressure will reach you or not. If it can't reach you, you must take a wheelbarrow and try and fetch water in like 15 to 20 kilometers away where you're from. So, yeah, this government of ours is just uh, playing games with us. Thank you. Thanks, Patrick. Tulani Kailicha. Hi, Tulani. I I can you guys Tulani Dasa in Cape Town. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, earlier on, you mentioned delays in terms of the human rights, but I want to make a clear point here that the major delays in Human Rights Commission is the fact that Chris himself is a product of Cape deployment and have a selective memories in addressing major concerns that people are especially in municipalities where in his ANC government is in charge. The case in point now is, is the municipality in Fort Beaufort. It's a small town in the Eastern Cape where my 82-year grandmother has been suffering for more than seven, for, for more than seven years with this water crisis. And also, and we have received no feedback from his office. And lastly, KG, is the fact that his comrades are benefiting from water crisis and are benefiting through the truck tenders that they want to enrich themselves. So. This issue won't be resolved. This is a clarion call to the South African voters to ensure that they vote as these ANC crooks and criminals and those who parade as the saviors. If you hear him when he talks, he talks about his people and who are not his people. It's those that are in municipalities where his ANC is not in government. I thank you. Yeah. It's tough. Chris, do you want to respond? Yes, let me respond to Tulani first on the football forum. Because Fort Bovulamakunukwebe is the, the people that are living there. And if his 84, uh, 84 years old mother is not receiving water, it's an indictment. An indictment on the, um, the uh, contributions that people have made over the years. I lived in the Eastern Cape, various places, but last in many two prisons in 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 Middleburg and Hrafstedt. And at the time, in my incarceration, I was tortured. I was tortured by the apartheid government. We call it the special branch. And today I'm tortured by the emotional emotional effort of listening to stories like what Tulani is saying about how an 84-year-old, but not only in Fort Beaufort. I can also talk about the Western Cape. I can talk about everywhere else where I see it. So when I hear what's happening in Matakiel, and I went there about six months ago, I saw what's happening in that area, in that area of Pisane and Mount Montfrey and so on. So I'm, I'm very worried of the fact. And then when I hear what's happening in Pumalanga, so the point I want to come to, those that we've elected into power, can't they see this? 
don't they have a heart? Where's the accountability? Because remember, in terms of running the country, running the provinces, running the municipalities, there's budget. And budget gets informed by the needs of the people. They're supposed to have the integrated consultative process, the IDP, to say what are the needs of the people. And those needs of the people must inform the budgetary process. As the Human Rights Commission, we have for the last few years asking the different levels of government to have a pro-poor budget. Let's not blame the past. Let's go and say, with the little money that's been allocated to us, how do we improve the conditions of our people in the area where we find ourselves? We have seen that a number of municipalities have returned money to Treasury. Secondly, they have not accessed the grants that are there to improve the conditions of our people. So it's an issue, not about blaming, but holding government officials accountable. But because there are a number of government officials, and I've got no evidence, I just do it as an allegation that we received, as Tulani was saying in office, that government officials look after themselves. Some of them, not all of them, are very hardworking government officials. But in terms of what Tulani is saying, and we've got, I've got no evidence for that, but that they, instead of looking after the people, they either do nothing or looking after themselves. Not all of them, but some of them that are key to deliver services to our people. And I suppose that's why we have uh, and I suppose that's why we have Chris, uh, Chapter 9 institutions uh, to represent the interest of the people. And I go back to a question I've asked over and over again and I'm going to ask it again because I think it's important that we get that answer so that people can trust the Chapter 9 institutions uh, validity in terms of delivering on behalf of the people. So what happens for example, uh, seeing our focus is on this uh, 600 complaints from Guazul-Natal. What happens now, now that the report is released? What happens? Well, I, I think this is very important what I'm going to say. You see, in the commission, we have a complaints handling procedure. But they are, that takes a few months and so on, and weeks and months and so on. But there are many women in particular and I can mention them, but I will leave it out now, and men, in the commission, every day, you won't believe it, every day, on the ground, going to municipalities, writing letters, knocking on doors of mayors, and, you know, and some of them are not responding, including myself, I go. I force my way into those offices. I can give you an example. One day we went to Makanda in Grahamstown. The, the road leading to the mayor's office are so full of bottles. And I asked myself, how can a person who's an official drive to those uh, offices? But because it's not a car. 
she doesn't pay for his suspension and so on. But nevertheless, the commission has decided this is it. We are putting, in terms of those 600 complaints, we are putting all of those to whom we have sent, including from the legislature, COCTA, district municipalities, and water boards. We've put them on terms. This is the thing for the commission, because if we succeed in this, attending to the 600 complaints official, but the thousands that are not complained, we will make sure if we have to go to court, we'll go to court. If we have to settle this amicably, whoever studies this report, study it very quickly because people need water today not when you finish studying the report. So, so you know, if, if you're forced to go to court, for example, um, you, you, you know, because you, you have been, uh, you know, ad nauseum trying to say uh, it, it may be a report on Wazul Natal, but from your even personal experiences, it's a report really that actually reflects the dynamics of a country, of, of people who Absolutely. are not accessing water through ver- many varied uh, municipalities. Um, uh, you know, you, you're talking about the degree to which you're going to to push. And if you're forced to, would you go to the Constitutional Court with this uh, specific report to try and get uh, water? As you uh, yourself said at the beginning of our conversation, it's a basic human right for people. Would you go to the Constitutional Court if you're forced to? We, we will not be forced to. We will do it if they who are need to respond, are not responding to the needs of our people. Just remember, I'll give you two examples, uh, many examples, but two examples. One, if you don't have water, what about sanitation? What about the dignity of our people? The dignity of our people with regard to sanitation. Secondly, rural children, rural girl children, have to go and carry water from a river and put it on their heads. You know what that does to a child's head over the years? I'm not a medical expert, but they'll probably tell you that's what it is. But the social issue is that in the morning she has to wake up, go fetch water from the river, come to being tired, and because many are child, women, girl, child, household, head, head holes, you know, that's heading the, the house, household. And so getting to school, tired, disadvantage. Can you think about that? Can you think when a, a, a girl child uh, there's no water at that particular time in the household when she has going through that period of the month? I mean, you know, so I'm saying there are all these issues that are there that have so much indignity on our people. So the point is we will go to court the commission will have to consider to go to court if those who are supposed to render a basic, a basic need of our people okay. and a right to need, okay. then, then there will be a court. 
Okay. Let me and ask for, 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 the last, for the last bit of indulgence as I go to break and then come back with a caller in Guazul Natal. And then we round off in terms of hearing what other communities who want to get in touch with you, seeing you don't have satellite offices, can do uh, to uh, so that when you do go to the Constitutional Court, uh, you know, you go and you are fully representatives, representative sorry, of all the communities that have similar challenges. It's 10.50. SAFM Prime Time all day long. Uh, Chris, uh, thank you. Let's wrap up. We lost the callers that uh, we did have. So, if people want to get in touch with the Human Rights Commission to, uh, you know, talk themselves about the challenges that they're facing in their own communities, because people were saying earlier they struggle to get hold of you. They don't get acknowledgments for their emails when they send them. What happens? How is oh what is the God. process? Look, they, they have the website, but I'll give you my number. And people can text me. Not call, but they can text me. And I personally will pick up every inquiry that they put there. So you've got my number. You can announce it. You can announce any time. Because my number is a public box. I'll pick up everything. Do you want to just say your number, Chris? uh, Because we have another interview. We have to go. Do you want to just say your number so you're the one who says it? 078-80-41-888. Okay. And they need to... And I'm asking, please text they need to text and not call you. Uh, we, we, we'll leave it there and, and I'm sure we'll talk again. Chris Nissen, Commissioner at the South African Hi, Human Rights Commission. Thank you, Chris.